Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech College Football, Rule Meisters are in the building. And Red Raider head coach Joey McGuire checking boxes all over the map. We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Great to have you along for the ride once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for always making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan, and we are taking just a moment to breathe. NCAA Tournament Bubble Frenzy. We're taking a break for just a second. Back at it tomorrow because Mark Adams and the Red Raiders are back on the floor this weekend. But, Chris, we actually have an opportunity here for just a moment to spend some time in the world of college football. We have been hoops heavy for obvious reasons as uh, the Red Raiders are making a late run possibly uh, to the NCAA tournament. But also a lot going down in the world of college football, some near, some far. We'll get to Joey McGuire and the Red Raiders coming up in just a moment, but One of the things we'll kick off this episode with was, well, actually four things that affect the sport uh, we love and hold dear, that being college football. I don't know how much attention you've paid uh, here recently to some of these college football rules proposals, and we'll get to this list of four that has gotten so much attention, Chris. But in general, this being done in the name of shortening a college football game. I'm a little conflicted on this myself one way or another. I think in general, a lot of us feel like, yeah, there's plenty of time that is not necessarily, you know, football related within a college football game. About a four-hour affair, I guess you can anticipate on a lot of days. But I'm curious, just from a big picture standpoint, from your perspective, you've watched college football for a long time. You've covered college football for a long time. Where are we in this game length conversation for you is it of great annoyance is it something that is totally bloated from what it used to be or is it something you even notice how do you feel about this particular aspect oh i i notice uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean uh i i think i think when you're you're like part of the texas tech machine and and we we both are and and followed this thing for a long time since obviously Mike got here as the coach, I mean, and really since then you've been you've been a uh, a team that throws the ball a lot, and so when you're when you do that, sometimes your games get into the four hour, four hour, fifteen minute, you know, even even maybe a bit a bit longer than that on occasion, and you know, a shorter game for you is three and a half hours, yeah. uh, but but I, I think. I don't know if there's like pressure from the networks, but this is all trying to, you know, just, yeah, be, be more efficient. Uh, I think because games have gotten longer um, and it, and, and then I think that the networks does affect them because there's, there's TV windows. You have 11 AM starts, you have 2 PM starts, you have six o'clock starts and all these things. And, And how many times have you tuned into a tech game and it's like, Hey, this game's going to start over on this channel because this other one went long. I mean, you know, that this is over just, and over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and kind of in, in basketball too. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they'll, if they'll ever shorten. Cause that the, the basketball conversation is always, why don't they do four quarters? Why, why do they do, 
why do they do two halves? Do you, you realize you realize men's basketball in college is the only that they are on an island. They are on an island. Every every basketball, okay, at every level, every boys, girls, men, women, whatever, they all play four quarters. Men's college basketball at the Division One level is the only one playing halves. It's weird. Um, <laughs> I mean, what do, you, what do you think about it? It's just bizarre. Pros, high schools, w- w- women's college hoops. But I, I think that th- these rules changes. I'll let you kind of bring them up, Casey. Th- these are this is very NFL esque. This is trying yep. to kind of get, you know, and NFL. If they are anything, they are extremely efficient. Uh, they are. It's a well-oiled machine in most cases, but the, the, there's a lot of this that have some, uh, you know, some NFL flavor to it. Yeah, no doubt about it. The National Football League, according uh, to the most recent numbers, averaging around out around three hours ten minutes uh, per game, which is kind of significantly lower. I guess it's it's a more than ten minute difference than college football. And now that I say significant and ten minutes in the same breath, I'm thinking, what the hell are you talking about? It's ten minutes. Uh, but here's the numbers anyway, from 2018 to 2022. For a college football game, you've gone from three-hour, 16-minute average to three-hour, 21-minute average. And, yeah, I always kind of wondered, Chris, being a Tech fan, is it just because of the nature of, of football that's been played in West Texas, particularly those times where you are chucking it, you know, 50 times a game or whatever? Is it just because of your approach as to why it's so long and you know, by the way, on a day where you've got somebody in the building that you really care about beating and you are beating them thoroughly, <laughs> I hardly even notice the time going by, you know? So <laughs> there's some different circumstances as well. If you're getting smacked around, it feels like a 24-hour ball game. There's no doubt about it. But here's some of the proposals that they are kicking out our way uh, up for consideration in the name of shortening football games and what another thing that we didn't touch on and this is probably the most frustrating aspect of it to me chris um part of this conversation this motivation has to do with limiting player exposure because they're in such grave danger whenever they're on a football field which is why they all continue to sign up voluntarily to do it obviously but that's part of it as well and you've heard from like jim phillips uh the acc commissioner is i think at the head of this a committee that's proposing these things and I thought it was him I, I saw saying that well with the expanded college football playoff now we've got to really really limit exposure for these players during the regular season because again their lives are on the line every year there's just a pile of bodies obviously at the end of the season we have to bury in a mass grave because football is so dangerous um, but I I find that to maybe be for those in suits like important people People in bow ties that don't have televisions in their living rooms, just bookshelves. Uh, For them, I think that may be the most powerful motivator because they love to see themselves as the champions of safety. For me as a fan, that is the least powerful motivator. Like I could talk more about, yeah, you're taking up my entire Saturday morning or whatever as a fan as opposed to, boy, we've really got to limit player exposure because, again, their lives will be ruined if we don't, do you buy in or pay any mind whatsoever to that safety aspect of trying to to limit a game and therein limit some of the uh, player exposure? I just love that term. I don't know why. I think a trench coach should be involved and maybe Will Ferrell running through the quad <laughs> when I think about player exposure. Is that on your radar at all? 
No, and and I and I don't really believe that they they believe that. I think that this is a, a way to sell it. This is gotcha. a way to get it approved. This is a, uh, I you know I I think this is trying to you know just give up you know because they they hit the this is a a topic that is sensitive to a lot of folks, and you know and and I think if you anytime you want to you know, get something, you know, approved or, or pushed, uh, you know, pushed along from an agenda standpoint, it, it's, it's something that if you can add that to it, it certainly helps yeah. your, you know, that, that, that's the way I see it. I don't, I mean, come on, man. I mean, you, you, you can play 15 plays a game or you can play 50 plays a game, but it, you, you don't know what's going to go on in any one of those plays. And there's something right. that, that, that bad that could happen. I mean, that's, that's it's sports. the emotional pull, right? Like yeah. the tug on the heartstring, I guess. That, that's a great I, way I, to I describe think, it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Let's get to these actual proposals now. We'll start with number one. But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book, FanDuel. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, so just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-pointers, whatever you got. If basketball is your thing, college hoops on and popping, midway point of the NBA season now in the rear view, and we're looking ahead to March Madness just around the corner. So get in with FanDuel today, download it right now, and get hooked up as a new customer with the No Sweat First Bet, up to $1,000. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with that good old same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your No Sweat First Bet up to 1000 bucks and bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's get to these actual proposals now. We'll start with number one prohibiting consecutive timeouts in a college football game. The example they give is like icing a kicker. So, prohibiting consecutive timeouts. I don't really know when you get this outside of icing a kicker. Like, is there a moment where this is typically happening otherwise? Yeah, I, I, I doubt it. I, I think the, the NFL has a, uh, a situation where you can only call one timeout per per dead ball, you know, time frame. So you, it, it basically they, they have this rule that you can't call consecutive timeouts for any reason. But I, I do – here's what bothers me uh, about this. I, I get it, and it makes sense, okay? But but here's what bothers me. These are my timeouts, man, and don't put – don't put caveats on my timeouts. Like I can use them however I want. If I ha- if I have them saved, I and, and, and I want to and I want to call three in a row to have like a mini meeting over here, and like no, we need some time, folks. We need some time. We need to get our, get our act together. If I want five to seven consecutive minutes, and, and I want to huddle up, and we want to have break out in offense, defense, whatever the heck, th- then these are my timeouts that I could use as I see fit. I do That's see right. what they're yeah, I do see what they're saying though because. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> let's get some bumper stickers printed up at the Jones. My timeouts, my choice. Keep your hands off my timeouts. That's right. I mean, <laughs> if I have them saved and this is how I choose to use them, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, but because you're not making any, and their their point is you're not making any adjustments. 
you're, you're just wasting 30 seconds to another minute where the kicker's out there swinging his leg and, and nobody's talking to him. <laughs> and they're, and they're showing the, the coach with his hands on his knees and, you know, bending over just like, you know, everybody's all clenched up. So I, I, I get it, but it just, you know, again, if you have them, I mean, you know, that they're, they're yours to use, man. It's my, it's yeah. my timeout currency. I can spend it however I want. I like that perspective. And I like also, we're getting a bunch of great new terms today. Player exposure, timeout <laughs> currency. Anybody got some timeout current parents, kids, you got any timeout <laughs> currency to work with? Yeah. <laughs> I really was thinking like more in hoops where you got an inbounds play in the final minute or something and they'll line up and then boom, timeout. You know, we'll go back to the bench. We'll see. I don't know if that happens so much in football or like what other scenarios you're really just going back to back to back. But you know what? You persuaded me. Not that I was dead set the other side, but I didn't really have quite an opinion on this. But yes, my timeouts, my choice. Okay, let's go to proposal number two. No untimed down at the end of quarter one or quarter three. This can have to do with penalties and things like that, Chris. And I think this gets so much in the weeds that at least I, as a fan, would yeah. just say, yeah, do whatever the hell you want because yeah. I don't even know what you do right now. <laughs> that, that, that may th – there may be several games where this never even applies. This is just kind of semantics, I think. This is – you're maybe trimming – you know, uh, one play or, you know, whatever I'm at, there's, yeah, this is insignificant as far as I'm concerned, because you're about to get <laughs> to one though. You're about to get to uh, a couple of these that are, I think are, you know, fairly substantial. Actually, Pretty juicy. Yeah. yeah. Like literally could change the way that the game uh, goes. Number three, continue running the clock after first downs, yeah. except inside of two minutes. And here's where the real NFL feel <laughs> comes mm -hmm. into play something we're accustomed to on the professional level but for whatever reason has not been a part of the college game you think it's time for a change there I I, I don't know I, but I will say that this is significant this is this is uh because correct me if I'm wrong here but I believe they're saying that this would basically take away from each team six to seven plays a game is that Yes. Is yeah, that's some of the projections I saw. Yeah. So, so games are because typically, I think in uh, in NFL, it's not out of the norm for a team to run, you know, fifty to fifty-five plays. Okay, you know, offensive plays, and I think in college, you know, we we knew and and we've heard Texas Tech coaches and offensive coordinators say, "Man, we're trying to get to the hundred play mark. Right? Right. If we can get to hundred plays, or in the nineties, like we we feel like we, we we've done really really well." Yeah. So you, you're you're talking okay. That's going to drop it to, you know, upper seventies, mid eighties, somewhere around there, depending on you know what how you played that day. That that's significant. Um, I, I I and it it is going to shorten games. You know, by 10, 15, 20 minutes. I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, but that is because see here here's where I'm coming at it from. You get a first down, the clock stops, all those things. So overall, if you have less plays in the game, it, it means less possessions potentially per game, and it makes your analytics or your fourth down goes even more important. Uh, yes. There's more, there's more sway on how it, how the game is going to be affected 
if if there's fewer opportunities just to have the ball, the bottom line. And I, I will say, because I think a lot of the people are saying, because Casey, isn't the other one, the other one's somewhat it, it, uh is, number is four, it, I'll give you number four. Yeah. The clock will continue running once the ball is spotted after an incompletion. So the clock would only stop from the moment of incompletion to the moment of the spot. So incomplete pass, clock is still running once the ball has been spotted. Yeah, and th- these are both like hand in hand to me. Yeah. Uh, very significant because it, it's going to speed things up quite a bit. You you are probably at an advantage in, in some ways because you you have run offense like this for several years, no matter who the coach is has been or the coordinator has been. You, you're this is more along the lines of your style of play, uh, yeah. but I don't know. Uh, I wish there was a happy medium there with 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 those two because I think that. I don't know the way it reads to you, but it sounds like maybe one of those could get past. The other one is kind of they're on the fence on. Yeah, uh, the fourth one to me just seems like one that they're throwing out so that the third one doesn't seem so jarring. You know, it's like telling your parents yeah. uh, you're getting married to your high school girlfriend, but uh, first you say, ah, oh, well, she's pregnant. What? No, I'm just kidding. Now the marriage doesn't seem so bad, right? Right? Doesn't seem that bad. So you offer a little bomb there, then you pull a bomb back, and you just give them a little firecracker on the side. That's the way I feel about number four. Like, I I don't know what of these is actually going to pass, but come on. I I understand that it's different and almost different for no reason. Like, I don't know what the beginning of halves and men's basketball was or the beginning of um, stopping the clock after a first down in college football, I don't know. And I really don't care. And part of the stopping the clock after a a first down thing was also outside uh, uh, what the final two minutes of the half. So you would still have some of those final minutes where you'd have that clock stopping after a first down. I I would just say personally, as a college football fan, I kind of like having that clock stop after the first down, at least in those crucial moments because I just feel like it gives you another play where something exciting has to happen. Something intense is about to happen. So I get that the intensity is ratcheted up even more for fewer plays, say in those situations in the NFL, because you don't have that stopping after that first down. And I'm not against that, Chris, but I just, I like the fact that there is that moment there where everybody kind of gets to reset and say, all right, well, what are our brains coming up here with this? So I, I could go either way, to be honest with you, but I do kind of like the fact that it allows for what seems like more of those high-intensity kind of plays. And again, as this rule proposal reads, it would still happen inside of those two minutes, right. uh, final two minutes and a half. So I guess you would still have some of that stuff. The, the clock running after an, an incompletion is just so jarring to the way that I view football or like methodology when you get into certain moments of a football game. It's going to take me some time to to come around, I think, to to understand that even, much less be in favor of that. Do you have some of these? I know you were kind of saying, well, I don't I don't know how I feel. Are there any of these where you just say, no, absolutely not, or yes, please give me that? Well, I mean, the the back-to-back timeouts thing, I, I guess, yeah. I, I, I again, I, I feel like they're yours to use. I don't think you can put caveats on, on somebody's timeouts, whatever. But if they pass that, I mean, okay, if you can't, Ice a kicker more than once, whatever. The 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 other one at the end of a, a quarter or end of a half or whatever on an untimed down, 
totally, you know, insignificant to me. I just I, I would I would prefer if they're going to do one of these latter two, they just do one or the other right now to kind of introduce it, kind of like ease into this process because you're going full fledged NFL uh, the way that a game is run. If uh, you know, and and here's the here's the other thing and we beyond, Chris. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Please. I agree. NFL half times are twelve minutes. Uh, college half times are twenty. Don't you dare bring up the marching band. But that's 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 why I mean that's part of why. Don't you yeah. dare. You know that's off limits, buddy. <laughs> um, you know there there are other but they're not going to, you know, they're not going to mess with that. I think in many ways and they used to used to with the, like the the half times there was even some wiggle room on like how you could even go beyond 20. Because now the official, that was one of the things they did, is the official actually comes out uh, to midfield, like as soon as, ha- and he looks up and he, and he says, he points to the scoreboard and then he starts winding that clock. Like you put 20 up and start the running clock right now. You know, Let's because go. a lot of times they would wait till everybody cleared the field. It gives you a couple of yeah. three minutes to kind of ease into it. Then they would put the, the 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 countdown clock on and all that stuff and so people were abusing that so now the officials in charge he puts it up there winds it and here we go because yeah halftime performances are like well, let's honor this person or <laughs> you know uh what whatever so um We've because i mean for the french horns <laughs> i will say the the way because I, I i'm just immediately thinking of styles of play yeah the the way, like, say, for example, if you really shorten these games even more or there's less opportunities here, think about how a team like Kansas State plays. Because when when they play well or they are – they've kind of got it going, they are a limited possession outfit. And what I mean by that is you go into these games knowing that they're purposely going to sit on the ball. They're, they're, they're going to major in like 12 to 14 play drives if they can help it. And, and they're just, you know, you're, you're only going to get so many possessions and it's very frustrating to play against. So, you know, like whereas in a normal game, you, you're going to maybe have the ball, uh, we'll, we'll say 10 to 12 times, give or take. Okay. Well, against Kansas State, a lot of times you hover in that six or seven range, you know, just yep. depending on how the game goes. So that, you know that uh, is interesting to note too on just kind of styles of play uh, on and because if you do take opportunities away and shorten it by say what ten or fifteen plays overall a game maybe even more I mean that that's fairly significant. We'll see if we have these changes actually come to pass. Uh, I love that among all the things they could be tinkering with, they've still yet to try to address uh, the farcical approach to enforcing personal fouls, ejections, targeting. Now, now we got that figured out. We're all good. Let's go see what we can do with the clock, boys. Let's see what we can do with the clock. Uh, We'll see what happens with this and circle back around to digest it whenever it does come to pass or not. But first, before we are out of here, we're going to get to Texas Tech football and the head coach because the dude is on the move with his program, so much so that we've got to play a little game of where in the world is Joe E. McGuire higher? Yeah, that works. It's next on Locked On Texas Tech.
Great to be back with you on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Casey Cowan with Chris Level. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Coming to you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. Back in the great state for Red Raider Hoops coming up this weekend. And join us tomorrow as we'll get you set for Texas Tech and Texas Christian, Red Raiders and Horn Frogs from United Supermarkets Arena as they try to keep the good times going. But first, before we're out of here today, a college football pit stop locally as Texas Tech, actually non-local right now. I've seen Coach McGuire, Chris, on the move here and there with his program or individually. I'm trying to think of all the things I've seen this dude show up with then. Uh, here in some recent weeks. I know he's been on campus, like speaking in classes or like a sports media or sports media management class or something I saw him uh, involved in, I think, last week. But also there's like um, there's some coaches clinics of some kind that have been going on here in Lubbock. I think I also saw uh, they were in Odessa or in Midland or something like that here recently. Where is this guy? What are they doing? I know we got spring camp just around the corner, so it's almost back to buckle down football time. But it kind of seems like right now is – I don't know, maybe some outreach and marketing time for Texas Tech football. Am I describing it uh, appropriately or or what's going down with the Red Raiders and Coach McGuire right now? Yeah, you are. This is kind of, uh, I don't know, phase one of your of your offseason, if you will, you know, pre-spring, which, you know, you you get. Look, there's some of his players that are either having surgeries from the season or having a rehabbing from from, you know, you know, or trying to get healthy. Yeah. You've got you've got your new guys in like lifting and and, and getting used to uh, their new strength conditioning program in college or whether whether they were already in college or coming from high school, and so there, there's a lot of time being spent with with strength conditioning staff because you're still a month away from from actually spring football starting, which is um, you know after spring break, uh, and 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 Joey I think is using his time because I even think uh, Coach Yates and Coach. Uh, Coach Perry, they had uh, I think knee replacement surgeries right after the bowl game, so they're oh, we got the coaches rehabbing. Too. That's right. Hey, th- there's this sweet spot of like, man, if I need to get something done, I, I better get it done now because I need to get it done before spring when uh, when there's a grind uh, grind going. But uh, but yeah, I think they, man, you know, and, and that's the thing about Joey is he he does seemingly appear to be everywhere, and I think that's who he is and. That's part of the job these days. I think some coaches at some places embrace that more than others. And I think he is absolutely given a giant hug to that concept because, I mean, it's either it's, – it's getting that double T in front of everybody, whether it's high school coaches, whether it's out on the road recruiting, whether it's calling donors or, uh, you know, uh, potential donors, I should say, which he does that every week. Uh, I think on on the regular, uh, which I think is, is something that nobody really sees, just trying to help the machine of, of Texas Tech football uh, stay on the tracks and, and, and move uh, move down the tracks. But um, he he is man, and, and it just he's at him or his wife are at all the Tech basketball games or Lady Raider games. I mean, he's just everywhere, yeah. uh, and it's yeah. it's extremely impressive. Uh, because it, it it can make you tired. You're like, how's where's the guy find all the energy? You know, to 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 be all the all things, to all people. But uh, that that's that's who he is right now, and it's been fun to watch. And I think the people, everybody that he is around, and 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 all that, I think they they've embraced it and and love him for it. 
I mean, he was at a pancake breakfast <laughs> festival. He was on stage at the Blue Light down yeah. in the depot when one of his guys was putting on a show. I mean, the dude is just, uh, he's out there and I, he's so good in so many facets, Chris, that I don't want to limit it to just one, but I almost feel like this is, it's not like the off season, really. I mean, I'm sure he's great on the sideline on Saturdays. I'm sure he's great uh, as a recruiter whenever it comes to the athletes, but kind of like you're talking about there, the recruitment of just Red Raider fans, boosters, supporters, uh, supporters, and re-recruitment of those fans, boosters, and supporters every year is kind of, I guess, the season that he's in right now. But uh, thankfully, the energy levels would give you an indication uh, he was made for this kind of thing. It's been kind of fun to watch him uh, near and far with some Red Raider outreach. And also something else that's on the radar right now, the brand, the television show, the YouTube show. I'm not sure exactly what to call it, but it's called The Brand, right? We've got a couple of episodes out produced there by Texas Tech. Give you a little bit of a peek uh, behind the curtain. Kind of cool and something that, man, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago was just a figment of everyone's imagination. But now Texas Tech and many others have these uh, you know, in-house media departments and production teams and things like this and come up with stuff from time to time that's really slick. And, and so far, I've enjoyed uh, taking in a couple of these brand episodes yeah and, and you know and i think what what i've found interesting is that that's where you you've, you've gotten a few updates on on the current construction and kind of the the visuals there and and some things that i had not seen previously uh with with that south end zone construction because yep. they're kind of following this and and you know, I, I think it's it's shocking, like the sight lines there to your to the visual of like, holy cow, this th- th- there's just nothing right here. I mean, this whole giant space, and it's like I can see so much more of of everything, but it's like, okay, this is a big hole right here. But they're they're working on that, and I think that you see some concepts in some of these episodes too of what some of this is going to look like, and it's really impressive. What is fascinating to me is is Tyler Shuck is one of the the, the the focal points and he's kind of the one that's that's talking on behalf of the program and facilities he's not yep. gonna see any of it I mean, he's not, <laughs> I mean he's not i mean he's not i mean everything that, that all the conceptual stuff and all the all the this and that i mean he, he's he, he won't be around to enjoy any of it so i think that, <laughs> that, that i thought that was just ironic if anything but uh yeah <laughs> <I mean. laughs> Yeah, and what's next for Joey McGuire? I think he's actually, if I saw the schedule, read it correctly, headed out to uh, the Alaskan wilderness to help uh, the United States retrieve uh, the unidentified aircraft that was shot down. So he's got a busy schedule, busy, busy schedule. Hopefully he's got a warm winter parka, maybe something along the lines of Gore-Tex. A Gore-Tex jacket is what you need. Did I know I was going to get a chance to work in Gore-Tex to the show today? No, I did not. But I do know when that opportunity arrives, it's time to shut her down because it ain't going to (laughs) get... No better, Chris. Uh, thanks for the time today. As always, man, we're back uh, cooking with gas tomorrow on a hoops front as the Red Raiders have a huge one against Texas Christian coming to town. You said to me this week, one of, what'd you say, the second most important game of Mark Adams' I will, career potentially? I will get into that with you okay. and, and and make the argument of this game's importance when we res, you know when we uh, get together again. Okay. Yeah, I, I will try to, you know, Let's do it. Yeah, lay lay it down and make everybody understand that this one on Saturday is huge. 
going to be wild and woolly from United Supermarkets Arena. Can't wait, and we'll get you set for that one coming up on tomorrow's episode. So join us for that. Make Locked On Texas Tech your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts, and hope you'll make Locked On College Basketball your second listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your one-stop college hoops shop. Chris, we'll see you then. Thanks again, man. Looking forward to it. Keep hope alive, everybody. You got it. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you on the other side. A Locked On Texas Tech.